0: In this episode, I'll share some words from the great master Nuno Oliveira. They are simple yet powerful and something that you can apply to your writing. Starting today, they also dovetail beautifully with the principles and methods I teach in the Dressage Naturally program. All right. So here we go. Technique and soul. I'm Karen Rolf, and welcome to Horse Training in Harmony. This podcast is about you making progress with your horse in a way that you both can love. It's about learning how to move and be in harmony because, yes, you really can develop a horse to be both athletic and happy. When we show up as our best selves for our horses, our horses will show up for us. So let's get started. I came across these words that I'm going to share with you today on this episode, um, as I was scrolling through Facebook. (laughs) But they were actually shared um, by my good friend and international jumping uh, rider, Luca Monetta. Now, I don't know the original source of these words or where these words were first published. I mean, I know that they were said or they were said to be said (laughs) by Nuno Oliveira. And uh, maybe somebody who's listening to this episode recognizes where they were first published. And you can email me or message me on Facebook and let me know because I'd love to come back here and credit the source. Uh, but we do know <laughs> apparently they're from Nuno Oliveira, you know, he gave so many gifts to the horse world. And these words are really an example of that. So I'm going to read them and then I'll go back through them and add some of my own thoughts and kind of dive a little deeper into my interpretation of them. All right. So here we go. The post was just started by saying Nuno Oliveira has said, The tragedy of horse riding is that despite all the knowledge of the riders, the horse reflected faster than the man. You don't have to stop observing horses. Horseback riding isn't a precise science. You need to hear and not have a system in your head. There's no such thing as horseback riding. There are simply riders who have more or less equestrian touch and the others there are two things in riding, technique and soul. Horse riding is not the search for success in public and self-pleasure after some applause. It's not even pleasing a jury at all costs. It's the dialogue in the head with the horse and the search for understanding and perfection. In horse riding, there can be no real method because every horse is a chance. Dressage is not about performing difficult airs. It's about making the horse more gentle, flexible and giving him better balance. Training is a search for roundness. Training is perfecting the three natural attractions of the horse. Equestrian art is the poetry of it all. A trained horse is a flexible horse, pleasant to ride, happy, and not a horse that gestures. Technique can lead to a certain level, But beyond that, you need the psychological attachment of the horse. Equestrian art is made of an infinite amount of small details and the feeling of the rider. Equestrian art begins with the perfection of simple things. Equestrian art is the art for the rider to be calm and keep his horse straight. Loosen up the technique to go up with the heart. You need to feel it And get to the emotion. All right. So on the one hand, that can just stand alone. (laughs) And I know you guys get it. And you certainly don't need me to do reading comprehension with you. But I would like to dive into that a little bit and kind of go through it line by line and just have a little chat. I mean, I got a podcast. That's what it's for, right? (laughs) Anyway, so let's start back at the beginning. The tragedy of horse riding is that despite all the knowledge of the riders, the horse reflected faster than the man. Yeah, you know, I think so often trainers and riders focus on, you know, sort of doing what's supposed to be done. The system of that stable or the system of that particular master. And if something isn't working, it's, it ends up because, well, it's the horse that's the problem because, you know, we have the knowledge, we know how it's done. This is the system. This is the way. So if a horse isn't getting it, then it's a problem with the horse rather than reflecting on oneself. And that's strangely more and more difficult to do when people consider themselves professional or experienced. Uh, (laughs) It's a tricky blend as you get experienced in the one hand, you want to be confident with what you do and not doubting yourself all the time. On the other hand, as soon as you think, you know, (laughs) is the moment you don't. And it seems like the more years that go by and the more horses I train, the more I realize, I realize more fully everything that I don't know which to me is a gift because it keeps the curiosity in me. It keeps me reflecting. Despite all the knowledge of the riders, the horse reflected faster than the man. So it's a message to me to continue the, the humble, (laughs) the humble reflection. And when you can be in that humble reflection, you know, that's where the the horse is. You, You get to enter that moment that the horse is in right? The horse is always in the moment, is always fully feeling what's actually happening right now. And he says, you don't have to stop observing horses. Yeah. <laughs> not only do you not have to, you really ought not to stop. I mean, the moment we stop observing horses is the moment we're treating them as if they will always be exactly as they are. And that's that's treating them like objects or machines. You know, one horse is the same as another horse and this horse is just how that is. So we don't have to observe them anymore because we know, and we just do it. We stick a label on it. This is a stubborn horse. This is a, whatever horse. Oh, it's a chestnut mare. You know, Oh, I've trained horses like this a million times. No, we ought not stop. We don't have to stop observing horses and we really shouldn't stop observing horses. And he says, horseback riding isn't a precise science you need to hear and not have a system in your head. Now, this really speaks to me. Well, the whole thing does, but it's spoke to me a lot. And you it really resonates and, and manifests, this thought manifests in how, how I teach. And so the, the, it's a kind of a paradox of like, I oh, have a system, but don't have a system. You need to, you need to be hearing your horse and not having that system in your head. So that's kind of connecting to what we said earlier. It's like, this is the way, and if it's not working, it's the horse's problem. So you don't want to have such a rigid system, but, um, as it's turned out, the system that I've created is actually a system that has flexibility built into it. So when he says you need to hear, you know, I think about the Indressage Naturally program and what I teach really prioritize the quality, of the communication between the horse and rider as more important than the actual result that's coming out. So the critique of the quality of the movement only is important after you've established a quality of the communication between the horse and rider. For example, it doesn't matter how, how perfect that extended trot is. If, if the horse is doing it, um, by taking off of the rider and running out of the arena, right. And, And the person was trying to stop at the time. So to help riders trust that they can hear their horses responses and they can adjust their communication until there's harmony and understanding. So for me, Clarity, that clarity of communication is kindness. And so you need to hear and not have a system. And the system that I've developed is, is sort of an unsystem. It's less about rigid steps. And it's more about a framework that gives students certain questions to ask their horse. And then most importantly, the freedom to experiment with them the freedom to observe the horse, try something, see what happens, (laughs) change it. (laughs) So when I teach even live in person, it's, it's only past a certain stage when I start, you know, giving more particular suggestions of tempo or, you know, things like that. Most of the time in the beginning, it's about how does that feel to you? What are you asking for? Is your horse matching your picture? You know, let me know, let me know when you feel it. So that freedom to experiment while observing their horse and listening to and feeling for how it affects them. So the system I have is a system to teach riders how to do that, (laughs) how to be experimental and have the certain tools in their toolbox that they need to then play with freely, scribble on the page, see what comes out. All right. So he then says, there's no such thing as horseback riding. There are simply riders who have more or less equestrian touch and the others. There are two things in riding, technique and soul. And I just love that. As you can tell, because I named this episode (laughs) technique and soul, I mean, it's not just technique and feel, but technique and soul. What a powerful place to drop in your soul. He could have chosen, he could have chosen a lot of words there. Uh, you know, it just, to me, this is so much more than just feel. Oh, feels soft, feels bracy, feels bouncy. It's a knowing and a trusting of oneself deeply. I tempt students all the time to to trust their instincts of what they're feeling. And when I tell people to trust their instincts of what they're feeling, it's beyond like this feels wrong or this feels crooked. It's more of this like deep feeling of harmony versus disharmony. And sometimes students don't even have words for it. When you focus on this harmony versus disharmony, everybody, everybody, recognizes and seeks harmony, if given the opportunity. And a lot of times students and horses aren't given the opportunity to recognize and definitely not seek it. And so in this freedom of experimentation and in this deep trusting, we have that space to go look for something as deep as harmony. And yeah, you need some techniques to get there, right? So if you're going to experiment and find where your horse, you know, feels the best, you might need to ask him to go a little faster, a little slower, move his shoulder here or there. So you need some techniques to be able to ask for that clearly and have your horse understand those communications. But the soul, that deep trust in yourself is what's going to have you go yes in the moment that you feel it because sometimes that yes happens in a really weird time. When you experiment with horses, you can feel a horse is crooked or a, out of alignment or something stuck and you might be able to say, well, wow, clearly the right shoulder is sticking out to the right. So clearly I need to like keep that shoulder from doing that. But then as you experiment, you might find Whoa, that's weird. When I increase the bend to the left and let the horse sort of spiral out to the right, all of a sudden he felt freer and started breathing and stretching, and it makes no sense, but it's true. And if you're not feeling it deeply and trusting yourself on that soul level, the the level that every body, every soul can recognize, and seek harmony. If given the opportunity, you might pass that over because it's not logical, but your horse is telling you and your body's telling you there are two things in riding technique and soul. I love that. Hey everyone, a quick message to let you know about a really exciting limited time opportunity for learning at no extra cost. So now you've heard me rave about the video classroom. It's my video training library, and it's where you go to see this podcast in action with videos on pretty much everything that I teach. But for May, June, and July, we are going to be doing extra monthly live Q and A calls. And anyone who's in the classroom gets to attend at no extra cost we've never offered this before so it's a pretty cool opportunity so this is such a great time to be able to speak with a real person to get your questions answered either about a particular video that you watched or a challenge that you're having with your horse now the video classroom i think is always the best deal and for may june and july it is going to be amazing. So go to dressagenaturally.net slash classroom and start your subscription today. There's always a one week free trial to check it out. Again, dressagenaturally.net slash classroom. Okay. Now back to the pod. He then says, um, horse riding is not the search for success in public. And self-pleasure after some applause it's not even pleasing a jury at all costs it's the dialogue in the head with the horse and the search for understanding and perfection now this reminds me a little bit of um, the episode i did episode 157 uh, called in the forest where i pondered the question you know if a horse pee-offs in the forest and no one is there to judge it can it still be beautiful <laughs> And my answer is yes, of of course, right? The real beauty of riding is that secret between the horse and rider. It's the, in the communication, the relationship, the dialogue, that's the priority. The quality of the communication, balance, harmony. I mean, no one on the outside can truly judge that. Now, it is possible to have this harmony and pursue goals and compete. And yeah, you might get a great score and pat yourself on the back and people might clap and tell you that was great. And that's fine. But when that's the driver, when that's the reason for it, it gets challenging. And just even having those goals and putting yourself in front of a jury and, you know, we want it to work. We, it's okay to want to do it well and get a good score, but it's no simple endeavor to do that and keep your soul. It's possible, but you just need to know what you're getting into. So many people and horses have suffered by looking outward and using the wrong measuring stick. So choose your mentors wisely and choose the people that you give permission to judge and critique you wisely. And remember to always come back to the horse. He then says in horse riding, there can be no real method because every horse is a chance. (laughs) Yeah. You know, when he says there's no method, I mean, this, I think comes back to the experimentation, right? He's just kind of echoing again. It's all, you know, get the system out of your head, feel right. Feel for what's going on. Even when you're really experienced and and can make great training plans. I mean, who here has had a perfectly brilliant training plan. And then you go out to your horse and your horse is like, (laughs) not today, (laughs) different plans. Right. So so I understand the idea of not having the system, not having a method, because every horse, it's different. It's a different moment. You never know what's going to pop up. But here I think, you know, when I think about statements like that and I think of like a, a novice student or somebody, you know, who's just learning, um, I do think it's important to, to say, you know, You want to have the experience, or I think it's very valuable to have an experience of working through a system, right? So I think it's important to understand that process. I mean, maybe not necessarily with horses, but just in learning anything, especially a physical skill, it's important to understand how methods work and what it's like to go through it. I mean, what it's like to go through a process and come out the other side. A lot of times those processes are like hero's journeys, right? It's, you know, you go into the dark forest for a little while. Um, And if you, if you don't realize how methods work or that they can be like hero's journeys, you, it can cause students to stop too soon. They don't go all the way through. They get to the dark forest and then they go, eh, it's not working. Come back you know, or, or things become random, right? They just a little of this, a little of that. So I think it's really, it's key to be able to understand a method. It doesn't mean that methods and systems are bad, but ask yourself, you know, who is this for? What type of writer? What, what type of person? What does this method seek to create? What's the outcome of it? What's it aiming for? When is it appropriate to use a particular system? And when is it not? Is this for young horses or is this for advanced horses? What's the prerequisites? What type of problems does it solve? What type of riders does it work most with? What are the underlying principles? And so if you can see a method for what it is and not just like, oh my gosh, here is the method. There is no the method out there. There's just different stuff that can tend to work for certain situations and individuals. So when you're in a method, ask yourself those questions, think about that. Who is this for? What does it seek to create? When can I use it? And then you can compare it to what's in front of you. What is the moment in front of you? I mean, there's so many systems and so many methods out there. Some for very specific things, like here's a system for teaching pie-off. Probably to a particular kind of horse with a particular kind of foundation to aim for a particular kind of goal. <laughs> and you better ask that because often the people who create those systems, just they're in their own world and like, no, this is the system for peoff. It's the only one. And if you don't use this one, you're never gonna get there. But that might not be true. <laughs> Because there's lots of systems out there, which one is right for you. And other systems are more like umbrella systems. And so what I teach in general is much more of an umbrella system. It's a framework and it's based on, and it includes lots of concepts, attitudes, principles. It's a system to help people understand how systems and things work. It's an umbrella. And that's why I can say things like it's for every horse and every rider, because it's based on um, core concepts, attitudes, principles, quality of communication, and general healthy biomechanics that will, is appropriate for, you know, just about every horse. I, I said just about, because I'm sure somewhere on the planet, there's a horse who's (laughs) you know, need something different. (laughs) I'm willing to entertain that possibility. And then I have systems within the system with increasing layers of specificity, like my system for teaching lateral work or something like that. But built into the whole sort of signature process of um, what I call the sweet spot of healthy biomechanics into that protocol is the idea that no one knows the answer and curiosity and experimentation are integral. Every moment is a new moment and there's no one on the planet like you or your horse. And there's definitely never, n- never been anyone, uh, any one combination that is you and your horse. So I have this little paradoxical feeling about systems because systems do have a role and I find them incredibly valuable, to understand how they work. So what I've found is the people who will say don't um, stick to the system or there's no real method are usually people who have gone through multiple methods of things (laughs) and then have realized that not one of them is perfect. And we need to flow between them and adapt in the moment, and let be willing to let go of them and change. So it's not that there's not methods that work for moments that you can go, hey, this sort of thing works, try this. There's lots of methods that could work. But what he says is there can be no real method. And perhaps what he's saying there is there's no one perfect the capital t h e method that is absolutely going to be the right one for everybody he then says dressage is not about performing difficult airs it's about making the horse more gentle flexible and giving him better balance yes 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 <laughs> the first order of business is to help the horse be emotionally okay you know with us than carrying us And then to help them physically recover from the burden of carrying us and give the horses the skills to carry us in balance in a healthy and pain-free way. Training is the search for roundness. Training is perfecting the three natural attractions of the horse. Equestrian art is the poetry of it all. Yeah. (laughs) Nothing to add there. A trained horse is a flexible horse, pleasant to ride, happy, and not a horse that gestures technique can lead to a certain level, but you need the psychological attachment of the horse. If you train long enough, you're going to meet horses who simply say no, right? So horses that remind us that nothing works if they decide not to participate, not to be psychologically participating. But now when I say that some, I've heard some people use that sort of argument as a, as a way to validate even harsh techniques. So, you know, saying something like, oh, well, if, if the horse really didn't like what I was doing, he just simply wouldn't do it. He wouldn't cooperate at all. But I don't think that's fair. I think horses, horses often have really terrible choices (laughs) to make. They have really terrible options because what if they say, no, not everybody honors their horses when they say no. So what choices do they really have? And there's different ways that horses say no. I mean, they can just plant themselves in the ground or they can just check out and maybe it seems like they're doing things, but more going through the motions. You know, horses are by nature, I think, too tolerant and forgiving. But isn't that the gift that they give us while we're trying to learn? So, yes, without psychological at- agreement and attachment, you will not get brilliance and magic and true harmony. You'll get a more mechanical result. Maybe that's what he means by a happy horse and not a horse that gestures. So when I, when I read that, I pictured that mechanical, crazy jacking up of the front legs and short, you know, the, the unnatural kind of way of moving. So yeah, without the psychological participation and agreement, you won't get the brilliance and the magic and the true harmony. You'll get mechanical results and an empty heart. Equestrian art is made of an infinite amount of small details and the feeling of the rider. Equestrian art begins with the perfection of simple things. So for this, I'll say yes. And because absolutely that hundred percent agree. But then the teacher in me comes out and thinking of the real process of learning that I've gone through and that I help students through. And I know so many students who are paralyzed by this idea of perfection. And listen, none of us would advance or learn if we didn't, you know, if we didn't do step two, Unless step one was perfect, we wouldn't be going anywhere. I would imagine even Nuno Oliveira at one point did things imperfectly (laughs) and yet he advanced. So I think this is something that I help students a lot with, like on the Q&A calls for our courses of when is it time to advance or when do I need to stay back and perfect things a little more? So in... In reality, what I've seen is it's more of a cycle of getting things, quote, good enough to move on while at the same time going back to perfect the basis. Wait a minute, Karen, are you traveling through time and space now? Because you said (laughs) get things good enough to move on while at the same time going back to perfect the basics. This is possible. You know, when you're in the magic moment with horses, time and space, you know, time stands still and space is expanded or put in a bubble or however you want to do it, but it's not normal. (laughs) So, yeah, you can go forward and back at the same time. I think this is true for horses and students. I mean, the truth is sometimes first level doesn't get great until you start schooling second level. So, You get first level good enough to be able to then practice some second level stuff. And in practicing the second level stuff, you're building skills that are going to help you perfect first level. And while you're doing this, get first level good enough, start practicing some second level stuff, and at the same time, keep perfecting the easier things. Give me an example, Karen. Okay. (laughs) So if I have decent leg yields with a horse and p- good enough impulsion, I can start playing with shoulder ends. And in that first, in the first moments of shoulder ends, they're not going to be perfect. But in that same ride, when I'm deciding to start bumbling through some shoulder ends, I can be perfecting the corner that I r- that I do as I ride into that shoulder in, I can perfect the circle that I ride as I'm approaching the shoulder in to give myself the best setup. So we're always in this balance. So although I love what he's saying, equestrian art begins with the perfection of simple things. Don't use that phrase to hold yourself back and think, oh my God, I can never move forward because it's not perfect yet. So I think hidden in there is the clue. He didn't say training, he didn't say riding. He said equestrian art begins with the perfection of simple things. So I think there's you know where he's saying, like we're gonna train, we're gonna ride. And then at the moment where we remember and we go back to perfect the things that we can, the things that are simple. Now we are being the artist and you don't have to be advanced to do that. Wherever you are in your riding, no matter how basic, there are some things that are becoming simple to you. Even if it's just, okay, now I can do posting trot without thinking about it too much. I can't canter. I really have trouble bending you know, stuff like that. But if posting trot now feels simple to you, that's something that now you can start to perfect as you learn and go through the process of bringing new things in that just feel like riding. (laughs) It doesn't feel like art yet. That's okay. (laughs) It just reminded me of uh, something I use a lot with people who ride with me or have taken my courses know this phrase. It's, when i'm playing with something to continue that example of okay baby's first shoulder in or the first time i'm doing a shoulder in with a horse maybe who's being rehabilitated and it's like okay it's not it's a little bumbly it's a little bit awkward we're maybe not holding a straight line i'll say this is the artist's rendition of a shoulder in (laughs) and that's sort of my little way of saying like yeah it's not perfect but I'm being the artist and I'm painting on the page and it's just the artist rendition. It's not the final product. And that's a way I bring uh, some lightheartedness into a situation that could potentially, maybe if I wasn't my best self become frustrating. Then he says equestrian art is the art for the rider to be calm and keep his horse straight. Yes. One of my core principles is everything comes from and returns to relaxation. And that sure, for sure has to start with the rider and carry over to the horse. Calmness is the stream that runs through everything. And straightness, keep his horse straight. Now that doesn't mean keep those legs on and block the shoulder and don't let him leak out. It's just train in a way where you're developing straightness. Straightness is for me, balance, alignment, flow. We help the horse carry us in a pain-free way. And his last thing he says is loosen up the technique to go with the heart. You need to feel it and get to the emotion. You know, I love to engage with students when I teach them. It's a conversation and I ask them lots of questions and I want to hear answers out loud. I get, I learn so much about what they're thinking and what they're feeling, what the emotion is by the sound of their voice. Often when I'm watching a student, you know, play with something and try to find a sweeter spot, there's a moment of breakthrough and I'm watching and I'm, I'll get so excited. I'm like Yes, yes, yes. But then sometimes to watch the student, it's actually really hard to tell if they felt it. Did you feel that, I ask? And they might say, yes. Or they might say, "Uh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And when they answer like that, I know that they're riding from the mind. You know, that sound, like, did you feel that? Is it matching your picture? And they go, yeah. That's a mind who's worried about right and wrong, instead of a soul that knows. So we don't want to be riding from our mind. Who's worrying about right and wrong. We want to be f- riding as the artist who's entrusting that their soul knows harmony. So it's an exercise I teach. It's called yes moments. And I make sure the rider is clear on their picture and knows the questions to be asking the horse. And then I'll say, you know, is that, is it matching your picture? Is is that the energy you're asking for is that the sweet spot and i want them to say yes when it's true and i want them to say it out loud and the power of helping a student trust their soul to immediately in the moment without thinking or wondering if it's right or wrong or they're going to sound stupid say yes to their horse incredibly powerful And then there's different yeses. There's yes, 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 yes. When there's emotion in it, you need to feel it and get to the emotion. Loosen up the technique to go with the heart. All right, we did it. I'm going to read the whole thing one more time just to leave you with those words without my little babbling in between. And I hope you enjoyed this. And yeah, and I hope somebody knows the original, original source of the publishing. So here we go from Nuno Oliveri. The tragedy of horse riding is that despite all the knowledge of the riders, the horse reflected faster than the man. You don't have to stop observing horses. Horseback riding isn't a precise science. You need to hear and not have a system in your head. There's no such thing as horseback riding. There are simply riders who have more or less equestrian touch and the others. There are two things in riding technique and soul. Horse riding is not the search for success in public and self-pleasure after some applause. It's not even pleasing a jury at all costs. It's the dialogue in the head with the horse and the search for understanding and perfection. In horse riding, there can be no real method, because every horse is a chance. Dressage is not about performing difficult airs. It's about making the horse more gentle, flexible, and giving him better balance. Training is the search for roundness. Training is perfecting the three natural attractions of the horse. Equestrian art is the poetry of it all. A trained horse is a flexible horse, pleasant to ride, happy, and not a horse that gestures. Technique can lead to a certain level, but beyond that, you need the psychological attachment of the horse. Equestrian art is made of an infinite amount of small details and the feeling of the rider. Equestrian art begins with the perfection of simple things. Equestrian art is the art for the rider to be calm and keep his horse straight. Loosen up the technique to go up with the heart. You need to feel it and get to the emotion. If this episode resonates with you, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. Training horses is a long game. The more you listen, the more pieces of the puzzle you'll have. To see all your learning resources, visit dressagenaturally.net. That's where you'll find free videos, online courses, my book, you can sign up for my Wednesday Wisdom email, or even book a private consult. Most of all, remember, you got this. Never underestimate the possibility for things to improve in ways you cannot yet imagine. Till next time, love your horse, Move in harmony and enjoy the process.